Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. And happy Wednesday to you. It is the 13th day of April, even though my calendar right there still clearly says March. Somebody's got to do a little housekeeping, I guess, around here. But, uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm Andy Griffin. This is the Andy Griffin Show. Today we're talking schools. Steve Dunham is here from the Washington County School District as their communications director and uh, all around pretty good guy. Pretty good guy, right? Yeah, pretty good. All Thanks, the way Andy. good or pretty good? That's kind of you. No, yeah, yeah. I'll take pretty good. I'll take <laughs> okay. all the way good, whichever people want to say. Well, thanks for coming on, Steve. And you brought a friend with you, Kelly Blake. Yes. And uh, maybe tell us a little bit about Kelly. I'll let you introduce him. How about well, that? Well, Kelly Blake is the president of our Board of Education, and we were able to steal him away from Golden West Credit Union, where he, he works full time for an hour or so to visit on the show so kelly welcome well glad to be here it's it's fun being on the radio to talk education that's he, passion so it's great he's one of the bosses over there their credit union so he can, he can leave whenever he wants right isn't that how that works yeah <laughs> bankers mm-hmm. hours don't quite go like they used to so. oh that's too bad all right well kelly thank you for coming in today and, and for spending a few minutes with us uh to my knowledge, I don't recall having you on the show here uh, since I've been host. So No, I haven't. This is my first opportunity to be here, and I'm, I've actually been excited about this all week. So, ha- Have you been? Is it because you don't want to be on the radio? I think I have to own something here. Okay. Is normally, I ask last minute, uh, and, and so Kelly, this time, every month I ask him, and he's like, Steve, you got to give me more notice. And so this time, I reached out to him last Friday. I said, Kelly, can we? Can you do the radio? A He's week. Like, you got a week. Yes, yes. And, and so, in a week, I can probably make it happen. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's just so I'm excited I'll, to be here. I'll own that reason why he okay. hasn't been with us before. Well, again, thanks, Kelly, for coming. Tell us a little bit about your history. I know you are a local boy, right? Pretty much, yeah. I've lived in this valley for over 50 years. Uh, I've, you know, I've raised my family here. Uh, I love this city. I love this uh, county. It's a great place to raise kids and a great place to to have them go to school. You went to school here. You had your kids go to school here. I guess grandkids are going here now too, right? Exactly. We've got uh, three in the system right now, and Hmm. uh, I've had six go through the system here. Uh, Like I said, my wife and I are both uh, graduates of Dixie State and and SUU, and just it's like I said, Southern Utah is our, our place. Well, we're glad you're here, and we're glad that there is someone uh, in in and on the school board that uh, has a definite, uh, I don't know, ties, relations, is a Dixie person. I love that. Well, yeah. I mean, you're a flyer, it's, it's, right? It, I'm a flyer, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, proud of that. Uh, you know, Dixie, even though my most of my kids all went to Desert, well, to Pineview, five of my f- six kids went to Pineview, one went to Desert Hills. Hmm. But, you know, you're a Dixie boy at heart. Once you're there, you're you're always there. So Always blue and white. Yeah. They won last night, by the way, the baseball yeah, team. Yeah, I so. saw that. Did, did you play sports back in the day? Uh, played a little football, but I worked a lot. So my family had a construction company here in town. Ah, so, yeah. uh, you know, that's where I spent most of my time. Yeah, I spent, uh, I spent most of my high school years uh, either practicing football Practicing my instrument or working; those were my three activities. Didn't have much time for girls or anything else. So, but uh, that yeah. changed, you know, when you were older. Yeah, though, eventually right? you did do discover girls. Uh, <laughs> I, I heard you went on a, a LDS mission down to Chile, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hear your daughter's going down. She's going down there. In fact, uh, way it's coming way too fast. 
but uh, we did order some uh, knickknacks and things for her farewell, the Chilean flag and, and stuff like that. Uh, she will love it. Wonderful people down there. We've got a we've got a few people here from from that country that live here right here in the valley. Oh, cool! It's uh, they're a good addition to our community. My daughter, the, the one I'm talking about, was Sterling Scholar in English a few years ago, and Steve had the uh, opportunity to hand her that award that's, back, back then. That's correct. She, and, and your daughter is a product of the of the pandemic graduation. That's right. She graduated oh, in yeah she, in twenty. Right in the middle of it all, she did uh, not have a graduation. I had a son that, that went rough. through that too, and it yeah. was it was tough. Yeah. Tough on these kids. Uh, I, you know, and I always preface this with saying the people that were involved did their very best to make it special for these kids. Mm-hmm. Well, they, did. they really did. They did a lot of great things. But then a little comment, then, but it still wasn't the real thing. It was still a pandemic graduation. That, yeah. the, yes, you're exactly right. But it was historic yeah. because it's the first time that it True. ever happened. And hopefully it'll be the last time it ever happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah and so. we did learn a lot from it. And we've incorporated some of those good things we did into what we do now because you know if we can make it more special for the the kids and their families during a a celebration like that we'll do that and last year um to try to work through all the issues that came with the pandemic we decided to have them outside in a you know in the on the football fields and the people are you know they loved it so much that now they want to do it every year so we're doing (laughs) it again this year yeah nice well we certainly have the nice enough weather for it yeah usually Usually. Uh, I wanted to talk about this. I think this kind of ties into what we're talking about today with education. A new study ranks Utah high for its response to the COVID-19 pandemic. The National Bureau of Economic Research, I assume that's some kind of government, what, I don't know. But they ranked all states according to pandemic health, economy, and policy and placed Utah number one for its pandemic response. It doesn't specifically say in this study uh, because of the education system or anything like that. But I really feel like in Utah and in particular in Washington County, uh, we were the best, we were the leaders. We were the ones that said, this is how we're going to handle COVID. And it and it worked out exactly like we had hoped it, it would. And uh, so I wanted to give you guys some credit for that. I think that uh, as hard as it was, and it was really hard. And I, 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 I you know, I have a younger daughter who uh, I, st- I think still feels some of the effects of, mask wearing and and having to miss school and and things like that but i still think compared to 99 percent of the rest of the country i think that you guys did a fantastic job so way to go yeah i appreciate that you know the the thing is is as a board and as administration for the district we felt we had to get the kids back in in in-person education Mm -hmm. as soon as possible we saw what happened at the latter end of 99 or uh, latter end of 2020 those kids struggled the online it, yeah. i mean as, as hard as our teachers worked it was still a struggle they that interpersonal uh relationships they had was tough they being you know the shutdown away was, from that yeah, the shutdown was, was way too fast and too hard on these students oh yeah and that was that was the clear direction as we talked throughout the summer with the board you were very clear that hey, we cannot go forward like this. We saw the effects on the children immediately, and we had to make a change opening into the 2020-21 school year. And we started, we were one of the only schools districts in the country to start in-person education that following year. Yeah, And, and were, we made it work. Were, we, had, we did it without one shutdown. And you were criticized for it, too. There were a lot of people saying, hey, were, these guys are idiots. What yeah. are they doing? Yeah, well... 
We've been called out before by a lot of people, but we did it anyway. We, we tried and the to be... kids did a fantastic job. Our teachers did a fantastic job. Administrators, we made it work. We tried to find a balance between what is practical and what do we need to do. What what are the experts telling us we need to do, and what is practical for a classroom application? Because we knew we needed the students in a classroom setting. And, and we tried to find that balance. And so you have some people that are upset on one side, some that are upset on the other. I guess if everybody's mad at you, you're doing something right, right? <laughs> well, I think that you have to understand, too, we, we work directly and very closely with our county health department. Mm-hmm. They were aware of what we were doing from the onset, and they were supportive of what we were trying to do. They understood the significance of having our children in school and doing, you know, that in-person education is extremely important in their development. I, I agree. Dr. Blodgett was mm-hmm. critical to the success of getting schools back open in Washington County because it was almost daily, several times a week, the superintendent was communicating with him, how are things going, these are our numbers, this is where we sit, this is what we're doing, yeah. and then we we progressed with that close communication with Dr. Blodgett, with the, with the IHC down here, with the mayors. Yeah. It was... It was critical to his success. We pulled together. The spirit of Dixie came alive, and we made stuff happen. Very much so. That spirit of Dixie, you know, I don't care if it's when I grew up here and there was 10,000 people or now we're pushing 200,000 in the county. That Mm -hmm. spirit's still alive, and the uh, inner workings of the different uh, mayors uh, across the entire county, they met together weekly to talk through the issues, and, you know, as a team— of, of people down here, they made it happen, and I give kudos to them. One thing that happened that was a little bit different, uh, maybe we didn't expect, or maybe we, we did, I don't know, but we had people actually coming here, moving here to get their kids into school because they're, wherever they were, California, Nevada, wherever, Salt Lake, their schools were not open. Uh, did you anticipate that happening, Kelly, and, and, and how did you deal with it? I think we expected it to a certain extent, but not to the degree of what we had the move-ins. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting, most of the time when we see growth in our schools, we see it at the elementary level. Right. Interesting about this is those kids came in in the secondary level, and we've, and it kind of re- reversed the the you know the pyramid, if you want to call it that. Yeah. You know, it reversed that piece, and um, but. I can say for the most part, the people that have moved into our community are great people and they're, being, they're involved. And um, it's been a good experience across the board. Yeah. You guys welcomed them and they, I think, paid us back by being you know, good students, good, good families, good additions. Yeah. You know, and a side benefit to that is a lot of them were educators. And so hmm. this last year, when a lot of the school districts in, in other parts of the country were struggling to find teachers, we really didn't have as big of a problem. I mean, most of our te- we started this school year with most of our teaching positions filled because we had a lot of educators move in from Nevada, from California, from Oregon, who already had their teaching credentials, already had their licenses, wanted to be back to work, saw the importance of having kids in person in the classroom, and it really helped us out a lot. Oh, yeah. And and interestingly enough, we were also recognized as having the highest teacher retention hmm. uh, in the state uh, last year, wasn't it? Yes. Yep. 73%, I think, uh-huh. retention, which is, I think the state average is in the 40s or, f- yeah. or low 50s. And so... Phenomenal. Uh, 
we're talking about the pandemic as if it's completely over. It's not completely <laughs> over. We wish. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, there's still some different strains out there. We, we hope it's on its way out and at least becoming endemic instead of pandemic. Uh, but let's play the what if game. What, what if something comes back? Would you guys do anything different from what you did before? What if we have uh, maybe maybe there's a new strain that's, that's very deadly or maybe there's a whole different uh, disease out there we have to worry about. What would you guys do, do different or would you do anything different than what you did? I don't think we would do anything different. We would we would utilize the resources that we have. Mm-hmm. We've got the, the our county health department. We've got the other resources that we use to 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 gauge, you know, what needs to happen, and then we'll we'll adjust accordingly. But again, if our kids have to go back into mass, I promise you, they would much rather go back in mass and be in person school yeah, than true. having to deal with being at home on a computer. But likewise. If our kids have to go back into masks, that wouldn't be a decision we would make. We would leave that up to the health professionals, the experts on that side. We're the educators. And, and again, what we saw is there was a huge uh, detriment to our students mm-hmm. being away from the classroom, being away from their peers, and and we're educators. We know what works well in the classroom. We know how we can help children there. We have the resources to do that, and we will do that. And we'll follow the guidance of the experts if they tell us otherwise. And we'll try to have that that practical side about, hey, we got to keep we got to keep things going here yeah. because it's when the economy slows down, it's when you shut everything down, everything stops, and that isn't a reality. We have to to learn to cope and manage everything as we move forward. That's yeah, very true. We're we're the education piece. We're not the, we're not the health health yeah. experts. One thing Dr. Blodgett did say, I had him on last week, actually a week ago today, and he said. The, the thing I hated most about all of this was uh, my job became political. He says, I'm not a politician. I'm a doctor. Mm-hmm. He says, my job is to keep the people that I am uh, in charge of keeping, uh, keeping them healthy. And yet you had this whole thing became so political and so, you know, left side, right side and, and, and you know, backwards right and backwards left and all those things. I mean, there were so many different divisions. And he said that that's been the hardest thing. He said, we tried to guide Southern Utah, Southwestern Utah, which was his purview. We tried to guide it with common sense and science. And he said, even the word science became, you know, this word that <laughs> followed the science, right? Is what the, it, what, it became what the, a swear what word. Yeah. It, 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 well, does, what does that really mean? Because one guy will write an article about something and another guy will write the opposite article and, and they both claim to be on the side of science. So uh, I think, you know, Steve and, and, and Kelly, I think when we talk about maybe getting back to uh, what science should be, I think maybe that's one of the important things that maybe we need to get after a little bit now in schools because science has taken a beating. It has, but yet we've been focusing heavily on science. Um, uh, we've got several of our schools that are STEM schools mm-hmm. and and really heavily working on that piece uh, across our district. You know, and, and even though science has taken a beating, I, I think it's taken a beating because so many people rely on social media for their news. Yes, they do. And that is <laughs> such an unreliable source. Right. You cannot rely on social media for your news. You cannot even rely on just one news outlet for your news. You Correct. should always, yeah. and I, I, I encourage everybody at the school district everywhere, find multiple news sources. Read the same article from two different sources, and somewhere in the middle is where you're going to find all the facts. It's got to be credible. 
Yes. You know, when, when we look at, at anything uh, with a discourse, we, as we look across uh, pieces for science, we look for credible scientific mm-hmm. basis. And uh, that's the important piece. With news, it's the same way. You've got to look for credible news. Did, did our, our science textbooks take any uh, side effects from all this, from science being uh, taking a beating? The curriculum's the same, and our student growth in science yeah. is one of the highest in the state and, and among the highest in the nation as well hmm. for the money we spend for it. In fact, our, I believe it's our, our – I can't remember if it's our seventh or eighth. Seventh, I think it's eighth. It's eighth grade. Has one of the highest um, achievement scores in science of students across the nation and growth. And so that they really do well. They, they're outperforming their peers, other eighth grade, eighth grade levels across the nation. And so we're doing good. How much has, uh, kind of staying with politics and schools, how much has uh, being woke, uh, eliminating <laughs> some of the scary parts of science that scare some people? They don't want to talk about the Civil War. They don't want to talk about the history of slavery in the world, not just in our country, but in the world. They don't want to talk about some of the mistakes that our leaders have made over the years. Uh, has there been a movement, uh, I know in society there has, has there been a movement in the education circles to purge some of that stuff so we don't have to hurt anybody's feelings and talk about it you know i don't think we've seen that yet i I think people dance around the edges of it and i think in some areas it might be stronger to do that but the fact is 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 in essence you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater if you don't want to address slavery as an issue it's part of our history in the united states i i mean there are people that don't want to recognize george washington for the good he did well come on he was a great leader who had the opportunity to be king for life of this country and he turned that down and and so and he owned slaves that's a fact that we all know and we have to address we have to live with and come to terms with that 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 doesn't make him a bad person we can't judge him with our eyes of you know 2022 we have to look back at the the time he lived and say he was a really good person who led our country through a horrible situation through the revolution with uh england and and came out on top and you know, we have to recognize what our history was and, and not put everything in the context of uh, our understanding of 2022. I, that, that look, that, that lens, if you want to call it, we can't judge what happened back then based on our, our lens of today. But we You're can exactly do better. Right. We can learn from history. Yes. That's why we need to teach it as it is so we can learn from it and learn what we don't want to do in the future. I have a quick story. I don't know what this has to do with that, but I thought it kind of popped into my head as we were talking about it. I was in eighth grade. I was a football player down in Texas. And uh, I, you know how usually the coaches end up teaching health or, or something like that? <laughs> yeah. I actually, this, this coach of mine, he was the head football coach of our eighth grade team, was teaching U.S. history. And we got to the section on the pioneers coming across the uh, coming, you know, coming coming to the west, and uh, and there was 
gosh, like one page about the Mormon pioneers, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I'm, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a Mormon. And so, but in Texas, I, there was, I was one of only two members of, that, of this church in the entire school. And I remember dumb jock sitting on the back row trying to be cool, right? And we get to that section, and I remember being scared to death. Uh-oh, I'm going to get called out here for, I, I don't want to talk about being religious or anything. <laughs> I'm a football player. That's what I am right now. And uh, we got to that section, and I'll never forget this. The coach uh, looked up, and he said, uh, any, any Mormons in, in the class here? And I was on the back row, and I, I raised my hand kind of a little, like halfway, and a coach raised his head and looked back there and said, Griffin, you're a Mormon? I said, uh, yes, sir, because that's what you say in Texas. Yes, yeah. sir. And he said, huh. And then we moved on, and that was it. That was the only thing that <laughs> ever happened. With I was so scared to death of being huh. persecuted or made fun of or whatever. He just went, huh, and then moved on. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I was in the minority for a while there. In fact, interestingly enough, the middle school I went to was about – 50% Hispanic or Latino, I guess they say now, uh, about 25% white, 25% uh, African-American. Hmm. So I was definitely in the, I was a white Mormon in, in that school in Texas. So. <laughs> you must have been in West Texas. Uh, it was Southwest Texas. Southwest, yeah. down in Brownsville, that area? Uh, well, Victoria, Corpus yeah, I, Christi know, I know where that's at. You know where at. it is. Uh-huh. Okay. Good. All right. Uh, you know what, guys? We've got to sneak a break in right here and talk about weather and play a couple of ads. But a couple of cool things are happening. We don't want to forget those. We'll get to those as soon as we, uh, there's my reminder to take my commercial break. Uh, when, we, when we come back, we'll talk about those cool things. We're with uh, Kelly Blake, right? Yes. Kelly Blake, yeah. Kelly Blake, president of the Washington County School Board, and Steve Dunham with his, is that pink or salmon? Yeah, we'll call it salmon. 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 All right. <laughs> Compelling guests, hot topics, the latest news, always on the Andy Griffin Show. Is there a juicy part in it for me? Right here on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU. Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome back. The Andy Griffin Show here every day from 9 to 10 a.m. Have a lot of great guests on the program, and today is no exception. Steve Dunham and Kelly Blake with the Washington County School District. Guys, thanks for coming in. Thank Good you for speak. having us. Love having you here. Uh, week uh, Monthly appearance. Steve is usually here, and then he brings... Uh, it usually tells me like the day before who's coming. So it's, yeah, it's we try to get cool. a different board member in each time so yeah. that uh, you know we can talk about the things that are affecting education. Very, very cool. There's uh, always something new affecting education. There is always something yeah. new. That is accurate. <laughs> let's let's talk about uh, first of all about the the high school. I keep forgetting what you guys call it. Vocational. See, tell me tell me about the new high school. It's called Career Tech High. Career Tech. Okay. Kelly, do you want to talk a little bit? The Career and Technical High School is actually going to be a fantastic piece um, in addition to our community for for our students that don't want a traditional experience. Maybe they just want to get in. Get, know what they need to do and get out and get I had, into the workforce. I, I had a son like that. He would have he would have never taken any of the classes that we made him take in a regular high school. Well, this 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 uh, high school will have a career and pathways that'll have so these kids will actually go through. They'll have the core classes that actually teach them what they need to know for their career, hmm. and that's the thing that'll be taught. So it becomes pertinent and important to them. So as they so as they go through those classes, they learn what they need to, and then they will also go through some internship at, towards the end of their nice. high school time. So that when they leave, they're leaving not only with an education and a, and a degree, a high school diploma, they're also leaving with leaving with certifications. Uh, Sometimes it might be in the uh, building trade. 
Maybe it's going to be the medical trade. Maybe it's going to be in IT. There's, mm-hmm. there's. Uh, I think we're starting initially with 13 or 15 pathways. I, I don't remember how many because I've seen so many lists. Like that. Yeah. Uh, but the the goal is to have upwards of 30 when we're done Very over nice. over yeah. these. But it, to have our, our students that don't want a traditional experience to be able to go through, leave high school already have. Uh, employable uh, skill sets and to work, enter directly into the workforce, then they become a contributing part of our community. They uh, are able to uh, contribute economically and be able to go on and, and start their lives and, and, and have uh, you know a very successful career if they choose. Give us the basics on it. Where is it going to be? How long before it's built? Okay, it is. It's probably about sixty, sixty-five percent completed. Okay, yes. it's good. down on We're South River Road, right before you hit SR seven. Oh, okay. It's right down there. Um, so way south. Yes. yes. Way south. And the reason why we've done it that south. way is because any per- person from any community can jump on SR7 with the new belt route, mm-hmm. and they can get there uh, without a lot of uh, difficulty. It's very central. Even though it's far south, it's still central because of the what the access points to that to that spot and it's 10th through 12th grade it'll be 9th through 12th 12th. so that will be unique it'll be 9th through 12th it will open the august of 2023 and so one year from now just over a year from now that's not very far away no it's not we have our principal and vice principal selected for the school they're already nailing down pathways and the criteria to uh, establish the students that'll be there it's really going to be a great opportunity for our community and we've been so excited about this for years since we saw the, the template school, right. so to speak, in outside of Houston, wasn't right. it? Right, yep. We were in Houston, went down there, and uh, and got a chance to see it. In this school, it was probably 80% free and reduced lunch. This is not in a wealthy area of town. Mm-hmm. It was in a very you know difficult, you know demographically and, and economically different parts of town. It's in Pasadena. If anybody has been down there, you know where it's at. Yeah. Um, but to the excitement those kids had and... They have four people for every one position open in that school. There's four applicants. They go through an interview process. Hmm. They have zero problems with discipline in that school because the kids are there because they want to be there. If they don't want to be there, they can go back to their their traditional school uh, experience. But if they're there because they want to be there. Will, will this school still have the basics? Will you just have re- reading, writing, arithmetic? Absolutely. Yes. All the core curriculum will all be there. Okay. It's just your your uh, electives will be done in whatever based on uh, where you pathways want to go. Yeah. you choose hmm. and there will be extracurriculars those will be done at their boundary school so if they want to play football we won't have football at career tech high but they will at their boundary school and they can go back there and play football and they can go back to their their boundary school and play in the band or be in the school play we're not going to have those at career tech high and so that's that's a little unique but but that's how we keep the focus where it's mm-hmm. strong and, and the kids are learning the reading, writing, and arithmetic in the pathways of their interests so they see how it applies to what they want to do in life. Now, I have a question for you. Say I decide I'm going to go to that school because I want to be, I don't know, what are, what are one of the pathways? Give me a pathway, Kelly. Oh, uh, let's say they want to be a medical assistant. Medical assistant. They get a year and a half in and they decide, you know, this. I, I don't really dig what I'm doing. I don't want to do this the rest of my life. What then would you, what would a student do? Would they go back to their regular high school? Would they, is there a, a chance to change paths at some point along the way? There, there, there may be a chance to change, but it'll be more early on. 
in the okay. ninth and early tenth grade. So by a year and a half, you may still have that chance. Okay. But at a certain point, you're going to reach you're going to reach a point where you would have to go back to your your home school and and finish your education there if it's not something you want to do because you're going to be far enough in that you can't jump into another pathway and and cross connect. But that first year, definitely. Definitely, there will be opportunities for, for students to understand what's available, understand how this is going to play out, and maybe make some adjustments. I think it's important to notice or to note also is that, that CTE classes will still be offered at all, all the traditional high schools. Mm-hmm. They'll still be able to do those things. If they want to do um, concurrent enrollment, they can still move uh, you know, up to Dixie Tech, or they can go over to, I don't know, is it Utah Tech or... Dixie, what, yeah, Utah, know, yeah, Dixie State. We'll Tech call it University Dixie State until we know. Until we know yeah. what it is. So they they also have that opportunity to go there. There's still choice hmm. across the spectrum. Now you mentioned something when you went down to Houston and looked at their school that's similar to this. It was low income. Do you anticipate that being the case a little bit here, or is it going to be a wide spectrum from uh, richer kids to the poorer kids? And and if so, how do you accommodate that? Do you think it will still work? I don't know if you've uh, paid for a plumber to come out to your house any time in the last little while. Uh, they're not necessarily, they're paying like what, you know, you're paying per hour what uh, attorneys and doctors are getting mm-hmm. paid. Sure. But um, to be, you know, I I don't believe that from an economic perspective we're going to have kids from a lower income that will be there because we've got a lot of uh, young people that maybe see their parents in that trade and mm-hmm. want to follow them, and they they don't come from an economic, economically disadvantaged background, for sure. I think what we will see more of are children that are hands-on learners. That's what we're going to see a lot of because some children are really good listening to lectures, listening to instruction in right. different ways. I was good at that. Yeah. And, and and my son, I know, he, he goes, Dad, oh, I wish I would have had this. He, he's he's up, in, up north now, but he's a hands-on learner. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes such a difference when you can apply everything you're learning from high school in a pathway that you're excited about. Absolutely. It's funny. I have one of my sons is a hands-on learner like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere along the way, somebody gave him the impression, I don't know if it was a teacher or a parent maybe or a, a sibling or a friend, that he wasn't the smartest guy in the world. Mm. Uh, ah, you're not very smart. And the, the thing is, he's brilliant when it comes to machinery and, and, and working with things. I mean, he could dismantle an engine and put it back together. You know, and and it's amazing to me how smart he is in certain areas, and but but somewhere along the way he got the idea he wasn't very smart. So I think this this new career tech high I wrote it down because I can never remember career tech high school. I think is going to be fantastic for kids like him who think, well, I ain't very smart because I didn't get Julius Caesar, you know, or or whatever. Exactly. You know, eh, oh, I just lost where I was going to go with that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Steve. You're younger than I am, I, so I, I can't say candy. anything. Here. I'm sorry, I failed you. <laughs> early, early onset of something, yeah. Steve. <laughs> but I, I think honestly, what a great little void this is going to fill. I, I really feel like this is a an area that every community should have a career tech high school. Every community should have. Uh, an opportunity for kids who don't learn as well the traditional way, who don't, I, you know, studying Shakespeare's, and that, not, there's anything wrong with Shakespeare. It's some, it's part of who we are, and and, and you know, uh, a lot of people have made a career out of uh, exploring Shakespeare, but it's not for everyone. You know, interestingly enough, when we started going down this path, we met with all of the uh, mayors 
and we've met with many um, leaders in the, in the business world in our community. And we, we met at the district office, and we kind of laid this plan out that we had. Uh, you, couldn't, you could feel the excitement hmm. from, from, these, from not only our civic leaders but our business leaders. They could see what we were trying to accomplish, and they were absolutely 100% on board. And, and supporting whatever we could do in this area because it, there's such a need for skilled uh, people in all different facets of, yeah. of our industry. And I think if we can teach to children in the way that they learn, we will see success grow very rapidly. And that's one of the examples that we saw down in Houston at that model school. These students that came in, they, many of them were economically disadvantaged. Many of them did not have the best grades prior to attending the school, mm-hmm. but that school quickly became the top performer in that school district Be- as far as graduation Be- rates and test scores. Because you found something they were interested in. Exactly. It changed everything for them. Yes. It did. And, and these kids were I, – I happened to walk into one of the uh, – I think it was the dental assisting class – and walked in. Now there was there were there were boys and girls in that class, and, and talked to him for a minute. And their big thing was, I'm getting a chance to leave here, and I'm going to have a skill set that I can go directly into the workforce, and I'm going to be making money to help my family. Mm, wow, that's it so was awesome. exciting. It's exciting. It's yeah. really exciting. Uh, Seth has been hanging on hold. Seth, uh, you want to talk with Kelly and Steve and Andy? What's up? Affirmative. Um, uh, That disease you guys are talking about is the same one I have. uh, And I've been busy for the last couple of weeks hiding my own Christmas or my Easter eggs. (laughs) Well, you probably probably won't find them all then if uh, if you have uh, if you're starting to lose it a little bit, Seth. Well, um, along with my car keys, I'll be able to drive into St. George someday. Because uh, I hit my car keys for Easter so I could drive my car. There you go. Uh-oh. Inside a purple I'd, I'd, egg. <laughs> uh, I've got the beautiful sun up there, clear skies, uh, and and I was just in the mood for a sing-along. I wonder if you three gentlemen could sing along with me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna beg off on this one. So you, you don't want to uh, hear this you, guy sing. Yeah, you don't you don't sing. How about you just say the words, and I'll I'll start the song off. Uh, we don't need no education. Ah, ooh, we God. don't need no thought control. No, no dark, dark sarcasm, sarcasm in our classrooms. Mm. In our classroom, teachers leave them kids alone. Yeah, that's that's one of those uh, Pink Floyd. We're talking. That's one of those uh, when you're a young person, you want to rebel against everything. What's your, what's your point on this one, Seth? Where are you going with it? All right. Well, let's go with it. Uh, um, one of the, or maybe both of the, your guests uh, took an oath to the Constitution. Is that right? Nope. Mm. Not Steve, but I did. I raised my hand to the square and said that I would follow the laws of the land. There you go. And that's the Constitution. Now, I have one in my hand right now, and it says Pink Floyd on it, and it says, We don't need no education. <laughs> where it says exactly that there's no way uh, Ezra Taft Benson wrote a little book about the proper role of government, and I can't find anything in that book, The Law of the Land, that says you can make uh, me 
pay for somebody else's children's education. Mm. I don't want to be just another brick in the wall. Mm. I want uh, my parents to see what uh, teach me. I want to go on the Internet and explore whatever it is I want. And so uh, we've gotten to the point where inflation and school taxes and the threat to take my property would cause the founding fathers to spin in their graves. Well, Seth, what you're saying is that uh, we shouldn't have schools. Is that kind of the bottom line of what you're saying? Schools are unnecessary or superfluous? superfluous? I'm I'm 100% in favor of education, like a candle and uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln learning to be an attorney in his his, uh, little one-room cabin. And uh, today we have such advantages on the Internet, and you can learn. You can have the world's greatest teachers for free. Mm. All right, Seth, interesting take. You guys have any thoughts on that before we go to commercial break? I, I think you, that's one way of looking at things, but there, the other way is you're going to pay for um, – children in our community one way or another whether you Ooh, pay for their education or you pay for their incarceration mm. and, and studies have shown that the less educated a child is the earlier they drop out of a, a, a standardized public education the higher rate they will go into our judicial system mm. and we end up paying for them many times over what you would have paid to get them through high school I know that I had many people that paid their taxes to help with putting my kids through school. And so now as my kids are out of the school system, I continue to pay my taxes so that I can help um, other people. They, they help me when I'm, I'm helping them while they go through. Good call. Good call, Kelly. All right, we've got to get a commercial break in. Thanks again to Joe Shoney, sponsor of this show and has been for years. Joe Shoney is a loan consultant focusing on customer service. Been in St. George for more than two and a half decades helping folks with loans. Go to experience.com and read some of the reviews. He's got a phenomenal 4.91 out of five-star average. That's like an A-plus average right there. Uh, check him out online, experience.com. It's Joe Shoney, local loan consultant, phone number 435-590-6300. NMLS one two one zero four one. Welcome back. We got about uh, seven or eight minutes left in the show, and uh, I know Kelly, you've been working on an initiative, and uh, it's pretty cool. Tell us about it. Well, the the whole premise is is that it's difficult coming to the taxpayers every five, six, seven years uh, here. <laughs> we need a school because bond. We're, we, yeah. yeah, we do because we are growing so rapidly. Mm-hmm. So. Myself and and um, my predecessor David Sterling, who was the president of the board before, um, we we've been working with our business administrator for many years now to try to position ourselves in a way that, without increasing taxes, we would be able to um, reappropriate the way that tax um, levies are appropriated, so that we would be able to um, not have to bond anymore. We would actually have the money in savings, ready to go when we have an elementary school that we need to build. The money's there for it. We're not having to go out continuously to the to the taxpayers to ask for more money. We'd be able to do this with with the taxes that we do have currently coming in. We've refinanced a lot of our um, uh, our, our debt, debt 
to down to a much lower rate, so we're able to pay that debt down faster, so we'd be able to use that debt service levy to be able to reappropriate that, to be able to put it in, in, in savings and be able to use those funds to be able to uh, build a high school, build whatever school we need, we would have it already sitting there. Very cool. Uh, is it akin to, I want to save up and buy a car? That, that kind of thing on an individual basis, that, that sort of uh, idea? Of, yeah, I guess it's it, it, like, say, you, you bought a car, and then once you paid it off, you continue to put that payment away mm. so that at the end, you, you know, when it comes time, car. maybe you kept that car for 10 years instead of five. Mm-hmm. You go in there, and you've got the money sitting there to buy that new car when you get ready. Sounds pretty smart. Where Where is this money that you've uh, reappropriated? I think you said, uh, well, well, where did it come from? So we, so within your county taxes, mm-hmm. you have, there's mill levies that are in there. And one of, the, one of them is the debt service levy that we use to pay our bonds down that we are, you know, it's been voted on and approved by the taxpayers. We would use, well, we would have to go through a tr- truth in taxation and reappropriate those funds that would be normally for that to go into, a, in essence, a savings account. Uh, into the M&O budget, which is the maintenance and operation budget, and we would use those funds there and, and and build them up, and then when we got ready to build a school, the funds would already be there. And this is, this is really key because the last time the district did a truth and taxation hearing was 2016, and the last time we did a bond was 2018. And so in a typical bond cycle, you do that every five years, and, and the way the board has looked at this and rework this, it would essentially be a, a, a tax rate neutral for our taxpayers. Mm-hmm. We would freeze the that debt service levy where it is, something we're already paying, and at that point we would live off of our current budget, which is a common phrase we hear from taxpayers, stay within your budget. Oh, yeah. And if stay we can do range. this, we can stay within our budget, mm-hmm. and we can then build the schools as we need them because we have been financially responsible and paying off debt early, refinancing bonds, and getting that to where we can just aggressively pay off our old debt. Right. And then them use those funds to be able to build schools as, we, as they are necessary. If you were the Fed, you would just print money and you'd be fine. <laughs> yes. yes. Now we're trying to stay away from that piece. Yeah. Somebody texted, said, uh, do we not all benefit from the sacrifices of previous generation, eat of the trees we did not plant? Uh, didn't Seth's generation benefit from pioneering efforts of his parents and grandparents? Great point. You're yeah. exactly, right. exactly right. Exactly right. Everybody has had to pay for an education. And, and there was a generation before that paid for Seth. And that's exactly right. That's well said. Somebody else said, uh, Seth should be happy he's not paying taxes as high as mine are in Illinois, 14000 a year, most of it for school. Oh, boy, it's so the truth. I was yeah. just in California a couple of weeks ago, and I'm visiting with a family member down there. His home is similar to what we have here, mm-hmm. about an $800,000 home. He's paying $1,200 a month Ooh. in taxes. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. If you look at, like, uh, uh, the one I was most recently compared to was uh, Texas, and my home that I pay uh, around $2,000 a year for in Texas, my friend pays more than $7,000 a year for in Texas. Mm-hmm. And so triple what I'm paying. Our, our tax rates are and very low. And I guarantee low. if he's in Texas, your house is probably worth twice as much as his. <laughs> that could be.
Yeah, my uh, my aunt and uncle moved to Utah from New Jersey for the very this very same reason we're talking about. Their taxes were they couldn't their house was paid off. They still they could not afford to live there still mm-hmm. because of the taxes. I think we do more with less in Utah than in any other state in the union. I think that's completely accurate. You know, and, and so as we've as we've heard this time and again as as we've gone through the truth in taxation, as we've gone through the bonding initiatives, we have been aggressive at doing what the taxpayers have told us to do. We will stay within our budget. Mm-hmm. If they'll work with us on on this, what, what I would consider a tax rate neutral uh, initiative. Right. We would freeze your tax rate and then the additional debt service levy, because we've frozen it at what we're used to paying right now, we'll have enough savings over several years. It will take us mm-hmm. several years to save up to that. Right. But we're in a spot where we can save up and then pay for our own schools. And hopefully... That, that's remarkable if you consider the amount of inflation, the cost of building materials right now, how much a home has gone up in value, how much the cost of a school is going up in value, that we can do something like that. We're hoping that we would never have to come out again. I, I, I can't say never because inflation well, is really climbing fast. <laughs> yeah, and, and with the cost of, of construction here in the valley, it, we, we would like to be able to do this. This is something we've worked on in Maybe it's going to happen in two years. Maybe it's going to happen in five. But we're well on our way to to have, making this happen. I love it. Balancing the budget is uh, something that I think on a local level, city, county, schools, we're all aware of and we all try to do that. Uh, it's just frustrating. I think a lot of taxpayers, myself included, feel the 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 push from the federal mm-hmm. government that hey we're going to we're going to tax your income we're going to tax your house we're going to tax everything that you buy we're going to tax everything that you sell and you know after a while it's just uh, really really difficult but I uh, appreciate you guys coming on and talking about this initiative talking about career tech high school getting our young people ready to enter the workplace i think technology here in st george is right on the cusp of just exploding and to have some of these kids ready to go with that is phenomenal we're, we're excited about it. We, we appreciate it coming on and, and talking about education here on your show today. We've, we followed a good strategy of either we make dust or we eat it, and we'd rather make it. <laughs> Very nice. He's Steve Dunham and Kelly Blake. Thanks, guys. Great to talk to you today. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. More Andy Griffin Show coming up tomorrow.